Hey, all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious and the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles, and I've got my friend Megan Robertson back here with me, and I'm so glad about it. We were just laughing about the very <laughs> first time that you came, came over, over. Yeah. with your family mm-hmm. for dinner. Yep. It was the first time, like, hey, let's get the fams together. Yes. And I see I'd forgotten. I forget a lot. Yeah. I'm kind of a detail girl in case people haven't picked that up yet. But yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell the story. I'll throw myself under the bus on this one. <laughs> I think it'll entertain people quite a bit. Okay. Let me paint the picture for you people. Um, so yeah, think 2018 pre-COVID because probably if I had texted Christy before our planned dinner that night and said, hey... My daughter isn't feeling so great. She has a little bit of an elevated temperature. <laughs> and you go, oh, as long as she's not like, as long as, as, long as it's not like she, a stomach bug I or said, something. I said, as long as she's not throwing up. Yeah, <laughs> then I'm fine with it. And my discernment, honestly, was that it was, you know, she's in elementary school. So I thought it was going to be like one of those 24-hour bugs, which, yeah. praise God, that's all it was. Yeah. But yeah, we decided to kind of push through with it. So like, let me just take you all through the experience. <laughs> Of going to Christy Uncle's house for the first time when you've never been here before. <laughs> so you drive up and it's like, you know, this gorgeous setting. It looks like what have what have I called it? Uh Riven- Rivendell. Rivendell. <laughs> From Lord of the Rings. Very much Lord of the Rings vibes. Gorgeous out here. And she's made it so beautiful because of her eye for beauty. Um, so like I have four kids and this year they're ages eight, ten, twelve, and fourteen. So rewind that two years. I'm bringing my whole crew <laughs> plus my husband here. We walk in, and I, you know, the nature of our family is just loud, and the nature of the Knuckles family is just like peace and just serene and quiet. And that's like legit how y'all are. Every time I've been here, it's been that way. Y'all just are not loud people, and so, um, and I'm not really either, except for with six people. It's just naturally a little bit. You weren't loud. No. Well. Yeah, so it's just a natural, a little bit more chaotic to your life stage. <laughs> so we walk in, and it's gorgeous, of course. It smells amazing. Christy's cooking Mexican food. She has, like, this really cool, like, white V-neck, and her hair's all swept up, and the lights are low, and the whole family's like, hey. <laughs> We're like, hey. <laughs> just bringing the whole crew in, and there's this one child in my family who— Love and adore for so many reasons. Yes. And one of the most love about lovable parts about her is that she is just wonderfully extra. She is. And she has just a little bit of a dramatic flair. <laughs> and um, her name's Elle. But she, when she gets around someone nurturing, she like milks it for all it's worth. So you put her next to Christy Knuckles, <laughs> and she's going to make it sound like her world is falling apart. So she gets close to Christy, and she's like... I just feel awful, and I've felt awful all day, and I just my tummy hurts so bad, and I'm like, she's my, like laying across the chair. Yeah, like she literally like draping herself down and wanting you to like hold her, and um, I'm, you know, I've played it down, like, oh, I think it's not that big of a deal. She didn't even have, right. you know, a tummy ache or anything, but and when she got in the car, by the way, as we drove away, she was magically back to herself again. <laughs> but like, okay, so I walk over to the kitchen, and. Um, Eliana, your beautiful Eliana, sitting there at your farm table, and she's, you know, just her sweet smile, like, mm-hmm. hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm great. How are you? What's going on with you? And she's like, well, I'm about to leave on a mission trip to Kenya, and <laughs> I leave in a couple days. And I was like, amazing. And I was like, on the outside playing it so cool, and on the inside, I'm like, please, dear God, help me 
not oh and then it she she threw it back to you and you're like oh isn't that amazing like I went on a mission trip to Kenya when I was 16 and now Eliana's going on one and I'm going I'm about to bring down the Knuckles family legacy of mission trips to Kenya (laughs) by bringing my sick child over here yeah single-handedly bringing down the dynasty here um and so yeah I'm glad our friendship survived after that because you were gracious you definitely were like Oh, we're gonna like wipe things down and take our vitamins for sure. <laughs> but you did not get sick. It was just a twenty-four hour virus. Thank God she got to go and minister to people in Kenya. But yeah, that was my. Um, I think we like even left awkwardly early. I was like, we're just gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> you did because you you did. I could tell that you were kind of like nervous. You, well, and you know her so well, yes. so you knew what was yeah. going on, and I didn't, and I was definitely falling under Elle's spell. <laughs> She'd roped you in and captivated you oh, for sure. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I was remembering that you brought me eggs. Yes. That that's time, right. I did. And I gave you something. And I've never told this story. Oh, yeah. And I've actually said, I've taken a picture of these items that yes. I would love for you to talk about. That's hilarious. Um, Forgot all about this. Because I was like, I think I Instagrammed it one time because it was just a beautiful picture of it. And I was like, someday I'm going to tell you about these. Um, but I gave you, I had gotten too many tomatoes. That's right. And I gave you some. And then (laughs) tell the little story of that because I think it's like really sweet. I've meant to share that because it's really precious. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's right. We traded like organic uh, groceries. Farm goods. (laughs) Farm goods. Yeah. Um, So you gave me tomatoes, organic tomatoes. And I did not have my garden. Now I have a garden that we built during the quarantine actually. But... um, I I just love to be outside. I love to grow things. I always have. I've always grown some sort of flower from seed every year. And the idea just popped into my head. You and I didn't know each other very well. And I, so I didn't even tell you that I was doing this at all. But it had to have been somewhere around this time of year, I guess. And you gave me the tomatoes. And I took them home. And L, same L, and I got our hands dirty. We um, hollowed out eggshells. We put um, soil in those, and we planted the seeds from those organic tomatoes. And it was an experiment. I had never grown tomatoes before. Um, but long story short, they sprouted super healthy. Um, your It was sweet to me in my heart. I sort of treasured it with the Lord, too, because like yours and my friendship grew over that time as well. Yeah. In fact, oftentimes when I would like walk out to go like tend to those, you would text me about something, and I would just be like, oh, like so this is sweet. so cool. And so they ended up growing taller and taller. And because I didn't know what I was doing, I planted them, I guess, a little bit late or something because they ended up needing to finish growing inside the house. Yeah. Um, and so they, like, ripened at Christmas. That's right. <laughs> so maybe we could even, like, that could be the picture yes. for this week or something. We have a picture from that night. Yeah. That you gave me those. I brought tomatoes from the tomatoes that you had given me, and I put them in a little sack and brought them to the Christmas concert. Yeah. I brought them backstage to you, and I was like... Yeah. What you've, you know, you reap what you sow. Like we talked about it on the last episode. Yeah. You talked about how it's so beautiful to you that, you know, you're getting to reap things from my heart that you've mm-hmm. sown without mm-hmm. even knowing it. So sweet. Um, all those years. And then, so yeah, it was my tomato experience with Elle, but they ended up being Christmas tomatoes. They were out of season, but beautiful and healthy. And yes. So that was fun. And didn't, didn't your lab is he a labradoodle? He's a golden doodle. Golden doodle. Didn't he gobble some up? Are you trying to like 
<laughs> bring out the worst in me by bringing him up. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> so yeah. She has this. People are going to lose respect for me <laughs> if I start talking about this. Name Bear. Yeah, Bear. Yeah, I just. I'm Didn't just he gonna, gobble some of the He did. The he jumped tomatoes. up on the counter and my organic Christy Knuckles seedlings, he like <laughs> ate them because he's just. He's, like that. He's special. He's so special. Um, and so, yeah, he did. But enough of them survived where I had plenty. But, yeah, that happened. So, <laughs> Well, I got kind of real in this chapter. In fact, after this book was kind of finally turned in and it was going to print, I was like, oh, man. I was kind of vulnerable and a little bit like <laughs> <laughs> real on a lot of levels. But I loved it because, you know, I was, I think by this point in the book, I was talking about what it looks like to live from the bullseye, to live on the inside, out, from the inside out. And and I was like, I know you were expecting sort of all things to come together at this point and <laughs> to watch, you know, your life unfold into this uh, beautiful effortless. amaryllis. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> effortless, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think I even tell you in the chapter that I had spent time specifically in the Word of God that morning, and I had gotten my head on straight. I know that I've watched you do that. We've been on a couple of, we've been on one big trip together, but I know that we've, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things you do is you you have to get up early and get your head on straight yeah. with reading the Word of God, and and I had done that that morning, um, but just I think the pressures that I felt that I was under in that season of my life, honestly, I don't even remember what it was, but um, you know, I talk about being overheated from the hair dryer and <laughs> pulling so off on off and on so many different outfits. And I talk about just feeling like I needed to wear a bricklayer's um whatever you call it, jumpsuit to, you know, be able to handle all that I felt like I was supposed to be building that day and and I remember being short with Nathan that morning. Um, it was sort of that, like, you're supposed to read my mind, Nathan, and know that you need to be doing all these things in order to help me. And, and you know, it's just kind of tunnel vision with, mm-hmm. with you know, what my to-do list looked like. And and I had just, I walked outside, and, and I remember just, it was probably this time of year, maybe a little bit later into March or April, and um, I remember just a bluebird sky overhead and it literally just made me look up and I was like it it just kind of took my breath away and I was like oh wow like spring is on its way and I was hearing the birds chirping and and it just made me remember that there is a bigger story over my life than my tunnel vision story that (laughs) I had already sort of even made for my day, you know, that right. day and how it was going to play out and all the things I was going to mess up on and how I was going to drop the ball and disappoint. And and I remember just looking up and and really God, you know, spoke to me in that moment of like, I'm here and you have a choice on how this day is going to unfold. You can run back to the bullseye since you've taken a morning sprint to the outer rings of your life and you're managing rather than stepping into the mystery with me. And you have a choice here. And I love it, you know, because it's, 
yes, we have an enemy of our soul, but we also have a choice in what we can do with either the lies we're believing or the names we're calling ourselves um, or all that, you know, it looks like we're holding together. Um, or we can choose to step into that place of, I get to run back to the Father. Right. And so I kind of talk about this real-life battlefield mm-hmm. in suburbia America yeah. in my SUV mm-hmm. that morning of kind of having this, you know, hot-headed moment in my closet, which I say, you know, I was just prideful because I was strapping on the backpack of like, okay, all this is up to me. Right. No one's going to be able to do it. If I want to get something done, I got to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Like all those things. And I just love it that even that bluebird sky, you know, that morning was the Lord going, you know, catching my breath a bit and just yeah. going like, hey, you have you have a choice here and yeah. just speaking to me already, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't instant. I talk about how I just basically had to get in my car and start conversing with him right. and start talking to him. And so I know that, you know, you you live this so well, Megan. I've watched it over and over and I kinda even wanted to read an excerpt of the book. Um this is around the part where I talk about just our family friend, Bill Gillum, um, that used to be actually my dad's mentor. Um, I love what he used to say, that God's definition of a hypocrite is acting contrary to who you are, but Satan's definition of a hypocrite is acting contrary to how you feel. And he used to talk about how we have a thinker, a feeler, and a chooser, and how important it is that, like we were saying before, even just getting our head on straight, like where our thinker is, um, it it informs our our feeler and then makes us make some serious choices either for you know we're gonna live from this commodity orphan mentality or we're gonna live from this place of belovedness and being a son and a daughter and I love you know just the the fact that us crawling back to the bullseye um, is not us being something we're not. That's right. It's actually us being who, who we are. We are. That's right. And that we have that invitation, as you've said before, to come back to the Father. And I wanted to read this little excerpt. Um, it says the message translation offers this description of Romans eight, of those whose minds are set on the flesh. So here's sort of the choice, you know, we're gonna set our minds on the flesh, we're gonna set our minds on the spirit. And it says those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Talk about exhausting. No wonder the enemy fights to keep us here on a road to nowhere. I'm not suggesting a devil made me do it mentality. We certainly have a choice in the matter, but our choices often begin with our thoughts and feelings. Hence the vital importance of setting our minds on the things of the Spirit and putting on the new self in other words, leading our real but not reliable emotions, as my friend Shannon would say, to our supernatural help. Romans 8 goes on to say, those who trust God's action in them find that God's Spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. A spacious free life, or life in peace, as other translations say, is a life worth fighting for. 
And Megan, I see you fight for that. Um, even we found out that Franklin means free man. Free man. Mm-hmm. Even where we live, we've talked about how yeah. this is a spacious, free mm-hmm. life that God's even called us to this place. Yeah. And you contend for that yeah. um, in your own life, and you contend for that. And others, because when we live from our belovedness, we we end up fighting for it for On others, of each other. Yes, right. Because we we're not competing, we're not jealous anymore. We're not, yep. you know, we we want to champion the things of the kingdom. That's right. And so we're looking to the left and the right and going, who are my co laborers here? That's right. And how can I help them along like they're helping me on? And mm. that's what the body's meant to do. We're meant to champion each other and be real with each other. And I absolutely love that story that you tell in the book. And I know that you, you know, maybe had a little buyer's remorse over <laughs> over the realness and the rawness of it. But man, I just think it disciples us so well because it's like, you know, if we could have lived next to you that day, even as your daughters, as Eliana or Annie Rose, like mm-hmm. that's how they would see mom go. It's not about mom being perfect. It's mom going back to the perfect God right. who holds her. And that's what we need. We don't need perfection mm-hmm. in ourselves. Just like Romans 8 was saying, we will get obsessed with doing it ourselves. But, um, you know, you and I both believe the cross is what gives us that choice to choose. That's right. That's it's right. literally the blood of Jesus on the cross that bought us our right to choose That's right. what we live in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for those who have called on the name of Jesus, everything's available to you. Like your song that goes, everything is mine and you. Yeah, I think of that in this moment, you know. Um, but it's not just a pretty phrase. It's like truth. Yeah. And um, so I think that's everything. I think that's such a profound moment that you write about because most of the time it's going to be living out our belovedness, to use your term, mm-hmm. in those little day-to-day moments more than it is these big, huge moments. It's going to be all those little moments that add up to our relationship with God. Mm. And you and I talked about this in the living room earlier, um, but, you know. Okay, so I'm going to interject here that Megan and I just recorded a lot more on the podcast, and we're loving on you and praying over you. And it was really powerful. And I had put brand new batteries in this little device that I'm recording on, literally brand new. She watched me put them in. There were three bars when we started. Yep. And it died. It died somehow. And so we just prayed because <laughs> we believe that this is a message that God is wanting to speak over you today mm-hmm. and even over us um, as we sit in remembrance of what it looks like to claim our belovedness, to own it, to live as sons and daughters, and what that looks like in the mundane and how it literally plays out practically um, in what we even, you know, said is like a battlefield mm-hmm. um, right here in our suburbia lives. Right. Um, and this is about our freedom. I that's mean, this right. Is, this is the little moments that add up to us walking free in Jesus. That's right. Is these little moments of obedience and believing mm-hmm. God that we're talking about. These are the mm-hmm. things that add up to a full life in Him, the life that we long for, to That's use your right. book title. And I love it because you were getting ready before we cut off to, y'all didn't know that it cut off, but we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you started talking about, right when it cut off, about how 
these moments that we find ourselves in, whether that's literally like the enemy coming at us with lies mm-hmm. to try to get us agree to agree with his story over us, his counterfeit story of who we are, um, or whether that's like our own sin and brokenness that we need to surrender to God and confess to the Lord, mm-hmm. like whatever it is, talk about that. You talked about the tension yeah. there and what that's what God is doing in it all. Right. So we're on a journey, right? I mean, we we're in this tension of we've we've said yes to Jesus, those of us who have. We've surrendered our lives. We've said, come and be Lord over my life. Mm-hmm. Come have your way in me. I confess I need you. Your yeah. ways are bigger than mine. I ne- I need you. Yeah. And so like you said, the enemy knows that our minds are a battlefield and you know, how does he know that? Well, from the beginning, God was speaking things into existence. He's creating um life through his words, you know. Yeah. And so words and and truth and language are this means by which God brings life still. That's right. I mean, we're called to confess, we're called to repent. All that requires declaring, speaking, speak, you know, speaking truth, um, speaking out against lies. Yeah. We're called to that. And so um there there is a battle going on in our minds. And the prize of that battle, and the enemy knows this, is our agreement. And agree, agreement is just as simple as I either agree with what I feel in my flesh or I agree with whatever narrative the enemy's trying to speak over me um, for whatever he can sense. I don't think he has all access, but he does have a sense of wh- when God's moving, you know, and I think he seizes upon those moments sometimes in warfare to try to come against what God is doing mm-hmm. um, or, you know, are we going to be rooted in the Word, grounded in what He says of us? Are we going to, like we talked about last week, listen to God's voice through this lens of His loving kindness and His mm-hmm. mercy for us and His um, His affection for us and His compassion? Um, and so there is a constant need to agree with truth. And you know, if we don't understand this, we'll just be really passive, um, not even meaning to, you yeah. know, but we'll just by default, kind of just passively think on whatever pops into our minds through yeah. the day. Yeah. And so you can imagine how, you know, if it is a case of spiritual warfare, how the enemy would try to come seize upon that going, oh, it's just a playground. Like, um, there's no intention with this. So I'll just go and speak what I want to say. Um, and this comes into play with even the things that we put in our mind. You know, are yeah, we listening to things that we know we have an you know, that icky feeling in our spirit about, like that check in our spirit about, mm-hmm. we know it. We all know what it is when it's there mm-hmm. or watching things that don't edify us or encourage us or, um, you know, conversing with friends who don't point us toward the things of God who mm-hmm. are just quick to agree with words of death, you know? Yeah. Um, are we surrounding ourselves with people who will agree with truth and mm-hmm. speak that over us? So, yeah, our agreement is a huge deal. Yeah. And it's a game changer. Yeah, and you talked about before we cut off, just <laughs> these moments of how we might look at it as, oh, we blew it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that morning that I talk about, you know, being overheated in my closet and, you know, walking out to the bluebird sky, God gets my attention. It's like, ah, oh, you have the choice, daughter, you know, to look up. Um, I could have just stayed in my tunnel vision and gone to my car, huffing and puffing. I really did have a choice before me, and I love it how you just said that it is in that tension that God keeps us in relationship with Him. And like you were just saying, and I even say it in the book, like I had to use my words, and that was so important 
to, you know, I needed to confess. And I love that there's two parts of confession that, yeah, it is like, God, I confess that I'm I'm sinning against you in this way, or I've even, you know, called myself names, or I've just, you know, agreed with the lies of the enemy that I'm already going to drop the ball on all these things. But also just confession is, you know, you are my covering yes. today. You are the Lord over my life. You are confessing speaking. who he is. Yes. yes. And so I love the 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 two parts of that. And just that like you were saying, um, even from the beginning of time, he spoke out creation. Mm-hmm. And so our words are just so important. Um and I think back just on times in my life where I have blown it. And you might be thinking if you're listening, you know, maybe it was today. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. It's it's you know it's day by day it's hour by hour yeah. and we do have that invitation from the Lord as our That's Father right. um, to even let these tensions and these you know this brokenness in us bring us to, back to His heart bring mm-hmm. us back to Him and we are reconciled to Him but I love it that that can literally play out in our day today, you know, just like what that looks like. It's- and and another thing too is that I think of as you're saying that, you know, you talk about in the book like how the good news is we we do have this force field of protection. Like we come mm-hmm. underneath the Father as daughters and sons. Yeah. You know, when we say yes to Jesus, we agree with him. We, you know, declare who he is. We the word says if we believe in our hearts, but then we confess with our mouths That's that right. he is Lord. So we're in that place. We do have protection. And so we're not walking around always scared of what the enemy's going to do or you know, worried about what he's going to speak. But there is a call to just be wise and mm-hmm. just know that there is a battle. you yeah. know. And um, we know it because the Word spells it out for us that we're called to put on the armor, yeah. the full armor of God. And, and so there is an interaction part of this where, like you were just saying, God wants to relate with us in it. Mm-hmm. It's part of His design. It's not just necessary. It's also part of his joy over us is getting yeah. to talk with us. Like he doesn't shame us. He mm-hmm. doesn't, um, you know, you might be thinking like if I tell God or if I'm honest, like it feels like all I can hear is a voice of shame or accusation. And mm-hmm. I would say, you know, get with a friend and just confess that and say, I'm having trouble. Like when I try to talk to God, it feels hard. It feels like I'm talking to a brick wall. Um, and get with somebody who you trust who maybe is even further down the road in their walk with Jesus than you are, and just say, what have you done in these moments? That's what I've done. I mean, mm-hmm. any time where I've gotten to a place where I'm like just feeling stuck in a corner yeah. and I need freedom, I've just called on somebody I trust and said, here's the honest confession great. in me. Um, I'm, I'm having trouble. And when I hear God speak to me, quote unquote, it sounds like anger or it sounds mm-hmm. like shame or it sounds like disappointment. And and then they're help, helping me go, well, that's not the voice of the Lord. That's not mm-hmm. how He talks to us. Yeah, you know? that's so good. I love. You've told me before, and and about when you were a young mama, mm-hmm. and you kind of have told me about like a real life encounter of when you were faced with, you know, basically the enemy coming against you in that moment and trying to get you to agree with his counterfeit version of who you are, and talk about that and just like what that eventually released and what the freedom and fruit from yes. that was. Yeah. So um, I may have mentioned uh, this week or last week, I can't remember, but I have four kids and I, um, it's been a lifelong dream of mine. I'm like-minded with you. I just, I wanted to be a mom, Lo- loved it, but um, just had some major fears and insecurities 
um, walking into motherhood. I I was believing a lot of lies about myself mm-hmm. that um, I would not have what it takes. Um, that I you know wouldn't measure up. I I was feeling this oppression. Like I remember waking up. Um, and it was almost like this dark storm cloud was kind of over me mm. um, every day of like, you're going to mess up and you are lacking and you don't have what you need. And I mean, man, it just was heavy. Yeah. Um, praise God, it's not like that anymore. But I believe the reason is because um, these little moments of interacting with God, it's the whole thing of what we're talking about. Um, there was a specific moment that was a game changer when my second born, Anna Grace, she's my first daughter, but my second born, there was a level of ease that I had with my son, but then there was a, another level of warfare when I became pregnant with a daughter. And I think it's because I just saw so much of my life mirrored in her already. Mm. And so the warfare was just upped at that point. And I just, you know, her life, her name's Anna Grace. Um, it means grace upon grace, if you mm. put the translation in, but her life has been like a timeline of my freedom. Um, in this, and she's 12, almost she'll be 13 this summer. Um, but I just remember one night specifically, I was rocking her, and she was a newborn. She couldn't have been more than three months old. And I was, I, I was, um, I have a creative brain, <laughs> and I, um, a lot of times, like in my time with the Lord, I'll come up with poetry or songs, I'll just sing, just it's very private, just between me and him. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was sitting in the rocking chair in her rocker glider in her room, and it was just this beautiful, quiet, peaceful night. And um, it was nobody in there except for me and her and her crib, and I was going to lay her down, but I was just soaking in that moment with her and just enjoying it. And it was just like this joy was coming over me. And I I think, you know, even that, the enemy can just sense that sometimes, and he just wants to steal it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember wanting to sing this song over her, but my voice was just like silent. It's like I was invisible somehow. Like I felt muted mm. is the best way I can think of to describe it. I just felt like my mouth was almost just like muzzled. Um, it wasn't like anything physical I could feel. It just was a mindset of mm. you can't release what's in you. Um, and so I like wanted to sing the song over her and I had it. There was this beautiful melody. It rhymed. Um, and I would, I, I can visibly, I can, not visibly, I can tangibly remember what was going on in my mind that night. I was hearing this voice of accusation going, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to try to sing over her, over your daughter? That's not who you are. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt this shame come over me mm-hmm. um, of like, you're not good enough to sing over your daughter. You don't, you're not, what do you think you are? Some sort of like, I mean, it just was filth mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. come and sludge over that moment. Um, and because I, I knew I had some, you know, understanding of warfare, and the Holy Spirit was right there present with me. I think, honestly, looking back, I think He just allowed me to see mm. the the battle going on over me. Yeah, because I remember His voice breaking in, like tears welling up in me, like a fight welling up in me, going, mm. "This is not how this is going to go down. <laughs> like mm. this is not. I will not be robbed of this." And I could, I could hear the Lord, you know, conversing back and forth with me, going. This is who I've made you to be, Megan. Sing it over her. Let it out, you know? And um, and so just choosing to do that. And I, that that night, I did. I chose to sing. It wasn't like this loud, powerful cry. It wasn't this like movie moment. It probably sounded very weak and frail because mm-hmm. that was like my starting blocks. Um, but I did sing. And 
it just released something in me as I chose the Lord's voice over that voice of accusation, telling me beyond myself who He had made me to be and the kind of mother He was calling me to be. And it was really this realization, too, if He's with me in every moment of mothering, Mm -hmm. and He's going to be right there attending to me by His Spirit— Whenever I need him, and and from that point on, you know that has been Anna Grace's story, mm. because of that agreement of going, God, I have everything I need in you. Your word says mm. you are life. You are the voice of hope. You are the one who sings over us. And so, of course, I'm made in your image to sing over her. Mm. You know, um, and so her life story, because of that moment of choosing, and the floodgate that that opened in me. She will now never remember a time where I didn't speak life over her, mm. where I didn't look at her with eyes of adoration and tell her that she, she's gorgeous and she shines and she mm. is a treasure to me. I mean, we look each other in the eye and we walk in and we say those things to each other. And that's the kind of mother I dreamt of being. Mm. And I know that that's what was at stake, you know, in that season. And so, um, yeah, it just mm. it's powerful. But it was just it a is. little moment, you know, a private moment with the Lord. Yeah. And what I love is like you were, you know, that was a bullseye moment. And absolutely. And that poured out over your community of the beloved. And then now we're getting to hear that story, which this is like a reclaimed outer Mm -hmm. ring right now because of the bullseye. You didn't, you didn't choose the outer ring of your life. Then you chose that bullseye. And then it like changed the trajectory of, of, Anna Grace's life, yes. like you said, there's never not been a time where she's just known mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. like that. And then I love it that we're getting to hear the story of God over you in this encounter yes. in this reclaimed outer ring of like out here where you're getting to share in this, the capacity of the beloved, which doesn't have to look like us, you know, being at the top of our game today and cranking right. out all the things that we feel like we're supposed to be cranking out or my yep. to-do list that I felt like it was pushing me around that morning. It's right. like, I just love it how those little decisions inform literally how we treat the people around us. And then it also informs how we get to share from that place of right. living from God's heart, living as His beloved mm-hmm. with now a wider audience of people who might be sitting here going, oh my goodness, I've heard that voice yeah, of yeah. accusation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had even talked about before, you know, we talked about how just, you know, it's the same for me just very early on in motherhood, yeah. how those encounters with God, how He just showed me, it just started stacking upon stacking of like these encounters with Him of going, yes. okay, wow, like this is literally changing the way that I live my life. It's changing the way that I mother my children. But I thought a really powerful moment um, before our you know device here uh, cut off was that I feel like the Lord led you to encourage people who you might feel like today that you didn't have that encounter when your kids were little and maybe they're they're older now maybe they've they've been raised and you feel like you have lived all this time and mm-hmm. you feel like maybe it's too late or that you feel maybe I call it like a spirit of diminishment when it's just like that's that's done or that's not I'm not able to live from that place or I'm not able to live in that place of restoration right but I would love for you to just speak into that because mm-hmm. I feel like that God is not bound by time That's right. or season, and there is restoration available today for anyone who looks That's right. to Him. Yeah. 
That's right. And, you know, I'm very tenderhearted in this moment, and more than me, not me. God is very tenderhearted mm-hmm. in this moment toward people who feel, um, you know, I blew it. Like, I didn't have that moment in the rocking chair. My kids are grown, or mm-hmm. maybe it's not even parent-child relationships. Maybe it's siblings or friendships or um, parents or wh- whoever it is that comes to mind when you think about a longing yeah. that rises up in you. Um I love thinking about how we don't have longings that are pure in heart. We don't have longings that were not His longings first. Um, And so if there is a longing in your heart, and even, you know, it it might manifest through tears or achiness or like whatever, however it comes out, um, God means to fill that with His miracle-working ways. Like, He's not bound by our mistakes. He can heal something in a moment. I mean, he, he, He just... He, like you said, he's outside time and space. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. That's a lie. I think a lot of people hear it's too late. Yeah, you know, um, my time, my time's passed. I wasted, you know, this or that. And you know, if if there are regrets that you're living with, mm. tell God. Just literally tell him because he's your father. He, whether or not you've had the benefit of a father mm-hmm. on this earth who speaks to you with words of kindness and compassion. Um, or a mother, for that matter, who nurtures you or advocates for you or you know just treasures you, whether or not you've had the benefit of that, what we do have by His Spirit is all of that and more <laughs> available to us in a moment where we just say, this is the longing in my heart, mm. and, and can you help me? And the answer is yes. It's mm. unequivocally, unequivocally <laughs> yes. And then another thing I want to say, too, is that, you know, I tell this you know, very polished poetic story about me and Anna Grace in the rocker, but did I speak life over her perfectly every day since then? No, hmm. absolutely not. And so, you know, what Anna Grace needs more than she needs my words over her is she needs the words of the father. And how that's played out in our relationship is, you know, I tell her that story hmm. of there was a temptation, you know, and and the temptation will come through all different circumstances, the, the Bible says no temptation has seized you except what's common to all men. Yeah. And so it's going to manifest in in whatever relationship or circumstance that you're in um, at times. But she doesn't need a perfect mom yeah. who speaks life over her. The goal in me speaking life over her is to point her toward a perfect father right. who has it you know, held in his hands. He has the whole world in his hands. And I want her to know that. And so... Um, on days where I have blown it, and I have with her, with all my kids, my husband, mm. friendships, I'm like, you know, we're weak. We we are not made perfect yet. We're on a journey. Mm. But the difference between me just sitting in that shame and not doing anything about it or going and saying, and I know you've done this with your family too, like, I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me? Yeah. Um, I was wrong. And thank God he covers me. Would you also just forgive me? And, um, and just modeling that mm. has been a game changer. And again, it takes the focus off us, and yeah. it puts it on the name that can bear it. That's he can right. bear all the glory, Jesus, right. the one and only name. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a journey of that in my family, just humbling myself that way as a mom, which is, you know, was scary at first. You've testified to that too. Like yeah. being humble in front of people is scary. It is. Um, you and I have been vulnerable with each other about mm-hmm. mistakes that we've made. You know, I've I've called you and said, mm-hmm. "Can you help me? Like I'm just struggling. I've got this." Um, mindset that is just 
it's death, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I can't fight my way out of it today. And you've helped me, mm-hmm. walked me through that, and, um, and so we need the community, but we need you know that relationship with Jesus to be able to open up over us and be real and mm-hmm. authentic. That's right. Yeah. One of my favorite things in this chapter was coming across. I think I'd read the book. The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, but I think I came across it again, or I, maybe I was just in it while I was writing this book, and one of my favorite things I came across was just how he talks about those who look to God. He gives all these scriptures and was kind of basically saying in so many words that looking upon God and believing upon Him are the same thing. And so yeah. even I think about that bluebird sky <laughs> over me that day, or God just in, you know encountering with you at the rocking chair of him going, no, actually, this is who I am, and you looked to him in that moment and rejected that lie that was coming towards you. And and I just thought about that, you know, as you were encouraging those who may have, you know, been feeling like I blew it or it's too late. Um, and you just talked about, you know, confessing that to God and just or going to those people in your lives and just asking for forgiveness. That is just such a beautiful thing. But Tozer says, basically, if if looking at God and, you know, if the gaze of our heart um, towards this all-seeing God is also believing upon Him, then he was like, it remains that it's the easiest thing possible to do. And that's something I think that we've maybe made harder mm-hmm. than it really has to be. And I love that. And he goes on to say, basically, it's possible for even the poorest among right. us. And that can look like poorest physically. That can mean, you know, at parts of the world where people are chugging filthy, filthy water and having to go and, you know, gather up something for their kids, you know, to put in their kids' belly. Um, or that can look like the poor in spirit among us who are just basically struggling to do the basics. Right. And I love how, you know, he's not saying to be my beloved and to <laughs> experience this life that you're longing for. You know, you need to go out and use the gifts I've given you and you need to go drum up this glory for my name and do all these things. Right. You know, no, that actually spills over out of this place of living with a heart of sonship, with a heart of daughtership. And he's saying, no, actually, the most vital thing that you could do today is available to anyone in any economy, um, at any age, no matter how far you out or how far out you are from the thing that you feel like was that mistake or that's, you know, not redeemable. God is not bound by time or season and... I just even want to pray right now mm-hmm. um, for those who maybe just have had a moment, even in this moment right here, where God is bringing something to your remembrance that He's just saying, I'm as close as just the mention of my name and you just speaking out and conversing with me and confessing that to me. Um, I'm the God who sees you and loves you and is all about restoration and so, God, we thank you that that is true of you. That is who you are. Yes. And we get to be true to who we are. Um, it's not us being hypocrites um, as Christians to confess things. It's actually getting to be exactly who you made us to be. That's right. And to come and come up underneath your covering today and confess, and even in the tension or when, when we blew it, to just simply confess that out. We thank you that that is... 
um, the truth over us today that you come in, you you draw near to us when we draw near to you, and you are here to walk with us and speak truth over us. And the more that we do that, God, we just stay in communication with you and communion with you, the more that you grow us um, in relationship with you. And even in these tensions, even in these times that we blow it, God, or whatever that far off thing is that we feel is too late, God, I thank you that you are the mender of the breach mm-hmm. and you come and you close that gap mm-hmm. immediately. And you are faithful. You are the restorer of our hearts. And we look to you today. We thank you that that is what we get to do because we're your kids, we're your sons and we're your daughters. And we just thank you for getting to look to you today. We are those who look to you and those who look to you are without shame. We thank you for that, for the freedom that we have in you as your kids. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Christy, I love how you live that passage that you were just praying. Um, mm. I can't remember which psalm it is, but those who look to him are radiant, mm. you know, and they're not ashamed. Um, you said in your book, you know, the best way to love others is to let God love you. That was your profound, you know, conclusion after all mm. this conversing you're doing with God and, you know, um, you've lived that. And so there's so much joy, isn't there? And yeah. like, <laughs> you know, when yeah. there's part of it where he's dealing with our weakness and our our problems, but like part of it is just enjoying who he is. That's right. And you do that so well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think so many of your songs and so much of your ministry has, the fruit of it has come just out of you enjoying who he is. Yeah. You know, like you, your ministry stirs up our affections for God. Mm-hmm. And that's how you are. Like, that's what we get with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the part of that, you know, fellowship with God that we get to experience when when we're being ministered to by you and mm-hmm. Nathan and your whole family. Um, but you're just radiant that way to me. I experienced mm-hmm. that, you know, behind the scenes, and then I know we all experience it um, just in the ways that you're out there, you know, um, in the public eye. But thank you for being someone who demonstrates the joy of mm-hmm. following Jesus because it's it's beautiful in you. Your expression of who He is is gorgeous. It's whole. It's worth following. It's mm-hmm. trustworthy. It's been proven over time. And so I'm just so thankful for you and who you are in Him. I'm thankful for you. Thank you for helping me articulate things and just calling out just all the time that He's better than I think. Mm-hmm. He's better than we think. <laughs> yeah. And just revealing the Father's heart continually. That's the kind of friend you are to me. And so thank you for being here today. We recorded this um, the same time that we recorded the last one, because as I said before, there was grace for it today. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what tomorrow will hold or the next day, but I'm thankful to be in this moment with you. Again, as we've recorded this now (laughs) twice. (laughs) That's right. I'm so thankful to be in this moment with you. And, you know, just also for the people out there who are struggling with similar things that your family is going through, um, you're modeling so well how to live in that tension of heartache and heartbreaking circumstances, keeping your eyes on Jesus. And so I know all of us are are praying for your mom and and just blessing y'all to have you know, everything that you're praying for and for wholeness for you all. But thank you for modeling the joy of that, even in the heartache. Just love you so much. Love you too.